This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode it's the week of january 16th 2019 this is episode 191 and i'm your host chris randazzo joining me tonight as always is celestial blue god karen randazzo hey baby we're in fucking trouble <laughs> yeah we are because evan is out this evening oh no So Karen and I are taking a quick sidestep from our regularly scheduled program to talk about HBO's Watchmen. But before we go any further, here's your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line. You can let us know what you think of our show, what topics you would like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hey, babe. I'm I'm all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a uh, you know national moron day but other than that we're good <laughs> <laughs> yes it is national moron day which is why we're here <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm hilarious but you know what also i'm i am i am not just hilarious i am snappy looking because i got a new haircut today you sure do look fancy big haircut why thank you uh, it was fun because uh, when I went to get the haircut, I always go to the same Supercuts, uh, and it's by where I it's for anyone listening. Karen already knows this; she's my wife. I talk to her all the time. But for anyone listening at home who cares about my grooming habits, I tend to go to uh, the same Supercuts all the time, uh, which is right by where I used to work at Guitar Center. And it feels like the last couple of times I've been in there, I keep running into people I've never seen there before, like new. People who just are cutting my hair that I've never seen, which is weird because I go, I've been going there for years and none of these people are new. Like I always ask, well, hey, are you new here? I've never gotten my hair cut by you before. And like, oh no, I've worked here for two years. What? How do I keep missing this? But anyway, the the woman I spoke to today, uh, she she just so happened like a few minutes into our into cutting my hair. Like, so so do you watch TV? Are there any TV shows you watch? I was like, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plug the podcast because I, I was feeling a little less shameless at the moment. You know, she was cutting my hair. I didn't want to plug my podcast, but uh, we did get to talking about a few things. Um, she was talking about that show. Uh, What's it called? Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? You? You, that's it. You. <laughs> One of those Y words. Yes, I feel like every woman I know is watching this show and loves it. Yeah, I've heard almost nothing about it other than the fact that it's gotten renewed or something. I have no idea what it's about. But it's a, I, a serial killer guy th- show, I think. Oh, oh, well, that's... But he's like really sexy. Oh. So, I don't know. <laughs> sexy serial killers. Where it's at. That's what the, all the suburban housewives want these days. It is. It is definitely what they want. They want somebody who looks pretty, who will go out and murder people. Preferably not them. Well, who knows? Maybe them. I don't know. I don't. I am not a suburban house. house Yo, you're a suburban housewife. I don't have any interest in um, somebody wants to kill people. So you don't need to do that for me. Much as I appreciate your willingness to do whatever it takes to make me happy. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Uh, murder is <laughs> murder off the table. Murder not required. <laughs> murder not required. It, it does seem like a lot of work, um, you know, killing somebody. I mean, I, I don't like guns, so I'd have to do it with like, you know, hammers and stuff. That just seems like a lot of work and clean up and, you know, we can barely keep the kitchen sink clean. So I feel like cleaning up after a murder scene is just not something I'm going to be very good at. <laughs> Regardless of all my history watching Law & Order. I mean... I know the tips in my head. It's the execution where I feel (laughs) execution. Anyway. uh... Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Can somebody please send me another bottle of wine over the Internet? (laughs) Digital wine. I like red. Anything red. 
I like bread. We anyway, uh, so we are. Uh, what, what are you even watching? Uh, you're, what are you? What are you cruising on on your own time? In my own time. Well, uh, when you do SAG, I've been trying to kick my way through the crown, which uh, has been amazing. And then uh, my background work watching continues to be Supernatural. I'm into season ten now, <laughs> as evidenced by the fact that you've been singing "Carry On My Wayward Son" all night. Uh, I will explain that. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> There's more explanation than it's supernatural. Yes. Oh. Um, right. So carry on, my wayward son is the um, song they play at the uh, <clears throat> the previously is of the every season finale, but uh, they also so season ten I believe they are celebrating their two hundredth episode in season ten. Crikey! And they did so with a musical episode which was also a meta episode uh, within the within the canon of Supernatural the show there is a, an author who writes supernatural books um, who is actually god <laughs> <laughs> and I don't so, think I knew that wrinkle <laughs> yes so uh, there's like a cult fandom of these supernatural books and every once in a while the boys will run into some of these supernatural super fans and in this episode, they have run into a group of a college theater troupe who has adapted the uh, supernatural novels for the stage for uh, in the form of a musical. <laughs> and uh, the episode's called Fan Fiction. And they just, like, poke holes in every single trope of the show. They call out, you know, some part of the fandom thinks that um, Cass and Dean should get together and they ship them. And uh, <laughs> they like point out there's always a point in that epi- in the episode where the brothers like hang out and share their feelings. <laughs> there's a single there's a there's a song within the show called something like a single man tear. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was really hilarious to revisit a really nice treat. There was also a supernatural monster haunting the production, which is why they show up. Uh, at this college and investigate start investigating them uh but it's just really hilarious and uh it was it was nice to get back there i am surprised i keep watching and watching and watching and i'm like i'm in season 10 now we still haven't met rowena who has been a major character in the last several years uh i believe she's in the next episode i'm about to watch but it just it just shocks me how long the show has been on and how late into it you have to go to get to certain things that are now just like commonplace. Hmm. So anyway, I heart Supernatural and I always will. Oh, and we've been watching Doctor Who, but I'm still going to save that for a main topic for when Evan is back. Gotcha. Good plan. Good plan. <laughs> yes, Doctor Who has been a uh, has been quite wonderful. How and- about you? What are you up to when I'm not around? <clears throat> well, uh, this I, is really just a podcast where we catch up on our <laughs> lives because we don't have time, the opportunity to have a conversation when our children are around. <laughs> I mean, this is basically what Dan and I do every week, but you know, we don't live together and have kids. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I learned about Goop Lab today. Is that the Gwyneth thing? That's the Gwyneth thing. Oh dear uh, Lord! That's a that's utter bullshit. That's um, I'm I was amazed by it. Like uh, just. Okay, so this is a, a, a an entire show dedicated to peddling her pseudoscience products. Yep. And I remember there being some sort of news story recently that somebody that she was selling a candle that smells like her vagina, but I didn't realize that the candle was actually called "This Smells Like My Vagina." <sighs> Gwyneth's ridiculous. Yeah, she yeah. gone off the deep end. And it was selling for seventy bucks a pop, and they sold out. Well, that's just pretty much standard candle prices. I mean, I don't know if you've been to Yankee Candle lately. <laughs> I haven't, but I feel like applying for a job there if that's the prices <laughs> of the candles. Criminy. 70 bucks for a candle? Like, fuck. It's I'll, not made of gold. I'm just sticking with LEDs. <laughs> fine. <laughs> I got a fireplace and some LED lights. That, that's, that's fine enough for me. Um, we watched uh, the most recent episode of The Good Place. Oh, we did. I'm so glad that's back. I am, but I'm so bummed it's going to be over soon. 
Me too. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know where it goes from here. Like they've really escalated things pretty far. So I'm, I'm kind of glad it's ending because I just don't know where it would go from here more. It's more along the lines of, I'm very excited to see what the next project is from these people. That is true. I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it continues to be a very very interesting and funny show. I kind of feel like I checked out a little bit of the last handful of episodes. Um, I I don't know they weren't clicking with me as much. Like the humor was getting me, but there was just something about it that wasn't really sticking. And I feel like this this episode the coming back from winter break really uh really stuck the landing for me. I was very very much enjoying watching this one. Just the 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 jokes had me laughing really hard and you know putting my phone down and really engaging with the screen which is i feel like something i just haven't been doing as much lately has the show been as as solid for you i feel like it has i haven't missed i haven't felt like it's missed a step at all hmm. uh, i really enjoyed the um <clears throat> exploring the different janet voids in this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fun um and uh the cameo which i won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it um just i really hoped they'd do it but uh i was pleasantly surprised that they did it i was not uh i was not sure that they would be able to get that person to show up on the show and then they did and then they did well you know other projects uh, of that person's have recently gone to the wayside so who knows what he's actually working on these days he or she <laughs> it's, it's it's cool it's a dude don't worry about it but yeah, so Good Place is, is back and uh we did uh we did finish Watchmen, which is what we're gonna be talking about here, and we've been uh we've been cranking through his dark materials and um we have two episodes left of his dark materials and last night after we watched the one that we watched, I said, Boy, this show sure took its time getting good, but boy did it get good. Um how did you feel about last night's episode? Uh, you're definitely right. Last night was a climax. Um, I have said before while we were watching it, it's really taking its time. Um, I feel like if it's going to take its time, I'd rather read the books than watch the show. Like (laughs) I, for a modern audience, you gotta, you gotta keep it moving. Um, I am enjoying it. I think the story is good and the acting is good. I just, I don't know. Something about it feels slow. Yeah, it's not like things don't happen in the episodes. It's just that the show's in a very strange place because it is definitely, uh, it's, it's the Demon Cages is the episode that we watched. So we're season one, episode six was the one we're talking about where I think got, got super action-y and very interesting. Um, <clears throat> I feel like some or some early Game of Thrones may have had a, a similar situation. Um, but this one in particular, uh, a similar situation with the slowness, I mean. But with the thing that's weird about this show is that it is... Um, it's very much young adult, um, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's humans walking around with, like, f- animals that talk, but it does, it takes itself 100% seriously. Mm-hmm. So there's always a certain degree of innate silliness to that that's a somewhat hard to get past, um, particularly with, with certain animals. Like, the talking polar bear is one thing to, you know, you can take that a little more seriously because it's a, you know... I, I guess rather imposing, but when you've got like cute little ferrets talking to each other and stuff and, and the voices don't ever really seem to genuinely feel like they're coming from the same place as the, the actors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's something about the sound editing that's making it seem like it's, it sounds like uh, I guess this person is recording in a soundstage and this is a, I, I very rarely feel like the, the creatures are there. I feel like they did a great job with York, the polar bear, uh, has a very good sense of presence, but there's, there was, uh, for example, last night in um, uh, episode six we were watching, there was um, when Lyra was hiding underneath the bed, and that the shitty monkey thing was looking for. Her. I hate that thing. Um, was looking for there's certain animations while the monkey was walking where the feet were kind of sliding against the floor, like this is the walking animation, but it's not. It's it's the animation is running while the character is being moved instead of the feet are moving the character. Mm-hmm. And um, those kinds, I'm super, I'm hypersensitive to that kind of stuff. So the <coughs> a show that is so heavy on uh, CG, especially um, CG furry characters, which can be uh, more challenging to make look realistic. Um, 
I don't know, any, any sort sort of small things really stick out to me. But that said, uh, the, the story is like you said, the story is super interesting, but I'm having a hard time caring about it as much as I should. Cause I feel like it's a very interesting story. That's not being told as well as it could. Um, like there are certain pieces of uh, like piece of the story that have gravity, like, you know, Lyra's parents and whatnot. I feel like, I feel like I should care more about her finding out who her parents are. And I guess I'm just kind of bogged down by some of like learning who the characters are and who I'm supposed to care about, who's going to be a one-off and who's not Um, to just kind of, it's, it's not connecting with me as much as it should. But last night's episode did go a long way to making that stick because things came to a head. I was happy when she found her friend. Uh, I thought the action was a really good payoff and it was really cool to see where they're going next. Like, I kind of forgot about the other story with the dust and her dad and, and whatnot. Uh, I just kind of forgot most of all that other business because we've been so involved in, like, the, the Egyptians going after the stolen kids. And Yeah, I feel like there are different um, pieces to the story that feel kind of disconnected from each other. Like, the the bit of it that's in the modern world with uh, Nina Sasenia as the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I that's interesting too, but I've no like I've lost all the thread of what it has to do with anything else other than the guy who's like stalking them is comes from Lyra's world. Yeah, so there's there's definitely a connection, but you're right, it feels it feels really disjointed. I don't know how they would not make it feel to so disjointed, but like like last night there was a scene intercut between like here's a bunch of really interesting stuff that's happening with Lyra and that that plant where they had all the kids right and they switched away to a scene where it was a dude in a car watching the house in silence and they switch right back to the actiony stuff like nothing happened in that scene other than this dude is still watching that house and now back to your previously scheduled program it just it it felt disjointed it's uh they're not doing a great job of bridging that one but i wonder whether since you know this this is the same source material as the that golden compass and the other movies that they made with this a handful of years ago i think it was just the one actually i don't think golden compass i I know that they had some planned i didn't know how many that actually got done but my point is i knew that one wasn't successful and i wonder if this is just a difficult story to adapt for the screen and it's another reason i say i want to read the books yeah i mean like when i'm looking at this golden golden compass was uh geez this cast nicole kidman sam elliott ava green um and daniel craig and whoever dakota blue richards is i i I don't know who that is but seriously like that's a freaking cast right there and for that to have not been good because i i heard pretty unanimously that this movie was not very good uh and they did hope that it was going to be a whole big franchise and it went absolutely freaking nowhere Right, but people love this series of books, and there has they to do, be a yeah. reason. I just haven't really seen it yet. It's not to say the show is bad or anything. Oh, it's definitely it's just, not. I haven't seen yeah. the thing that's like, oh, well, holy shit, this is why people love this. Yeah, it's that. That's that's kind of what I'm missing. Like, oh man, um, uh, Ian McKellen played Yorick. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. <clears throat> What's um? What is a uh, uh, Lin Manuel's character? Lee Scoresby. Sam Elliott? That is wow. That's that's a weird. (laughs) That's a big difference. Yeah, Lynn has been like a very bright spot in this show. He's been one of the very few charismatic characters that really leaps off the screen and and grabs you. Maybe because you know I love him so much and I'll watch anything he does. But uh, I genuinely feel that way that he is a standout in the cast. So uh, I'm just looking at the cast list here, and I don't remember anyone's names. Uh, Lord Azrael, that was um, that's what's the his face? James uh, McAvoy James character. James McAvoy's character. Okay, that was Daniel Craig. Mrs. Right. Coulter is her mom, right? Yep. That was Nicole Kidman. Okay. No, I can see that. that yeah. That works. Um, uh, let's see. Pantalimon. I don't know which one that it's, is. It's a voice. That's got to be somebody's. Oh, Pan uh, is her... Um, Demon. Oh, okay. Freddie Highmore. I don't know how that is. Let's see. Ava Green was Serafina. Okay. Oh, okay, the witch. Serafina's the witch, right. Um uh Ragnar. Who is Ragnar? I don't know. That's another voice. That's somebody's 
That's going to be somebody's demon. Yeah. Ian McShane. Uh, Christopher Lee was in it as the first high counselor. Uh, who was Hester? Hester is Lee's demon. Lee's demon. Lee Scoresby, the Lynn manuel character. Oh. <laughs> it was uh, Kathy Bates. <laughs> you know what? So I really weird. want to see this movie now. <laughs> I know. I think we should set aside time when we finish the uh, show. Yeah. The season. I mean, I'm looking at like, yeah, when we finish the season, because I'm looking at it right now and the poster... Which is kind of funny because like there's Yorick and, and Lyra is riding Yorick, but then there's also Yorick in the background fighting the other bear. So like this this probably this movie probably wraps up around when the first season wrapped up, if I had mm-hmm. to guess. So. Which I would also surmise is you know the length of the first book. Yeah, which you know what this didn't work <coughs> with a series of unfortunate events, similar situation like um. I think this first movie was like the first season and a half of the show. And that show benefited greatly from having more room to breathe. And I would assume that this one does too. Cause I mean, a lot of things have happened. I feel like this was probably like, they really had to chop some stuff up to get all this stuff in there. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Chris whites. What, what has he done? Why do I know this guy? Uh, he's know. the director known for, uh, he was a writer on Rogue One. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Fair enough. What else has he directed? This is fun, scrounging through IMDb. This is good podcasting right here. <laughs> well, you scrounge through IMDb. I'm just going to mention a couple of other things that I'm excited about coming up. There were, we'll throw these in the show notes. There were some good trailers of the Lock and Key trailer. Oh my goodness, that's right. That was that was, that this, was week. this week. Oh man, I am very excited. I'm I have got to reread that book. I I just have to because that trailer really, really, really got me excited. Well, you better do it soon because that show is is coming soon. I don't have the date <sighs> in front of me, but it's it's soon. Uh, there was also a really great uh, '80s st- '80s cop movie style trailer for the new season of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which starts I think this month. <clears throat> And a pop music video trailer for the new season of Sabrina, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is coming in the next month as well, which is um, totally a bop, the song. I love it. It's great. Um, But it's a very weird way to promote the show. But hey, why the hell not? Uh, Well, uh, just while you were speaking earlier about uh, Supernatural, I got a news notification that the Superman and Lois show uh, is going to get a series order at CW. Uh, What? Is that going to have Tyler Hoechlin in it? I don't know who that is. The Superman from Supergirl. Yeah. Okay. So they're completely going back on the fact. Well, I guess they're not going back because they said this, you know, on the Supergirl that it was never going to be about Superman. Yeah. And I guess that's not, but they are going to give him his own show. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess there's just a whole lot of uh, popularity surrounding that character because he's a, he's a great Superman. So He is a pretty good Superman. <clears throat> I guess it's like, what, they got this, and then they're doing a backdoor pilot of uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries, uh, which is, I guess, th- some sort of thing that we're going to learn in our the crossover that we'll watch someday. <laughs> Have the uh, have the last two episodes of that aired yet? I guess Evan's not here. He's the man to ask. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, but the, uh, everything everything Arrowverse, with the exception of Arrow, has been renewed. You got Batwoman, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning are all all got early renewals. Got the standard CW renewal package <laughs> and standard CW stamp of um. Well, sure, why not? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> These don't cost us a lot of money, so let's let's do it. Um, I well, d- just uh, just to touch back on um, what I've been watching uh, is uh, at work. I'm still spending my time with Briscoe County Junior, which is a constant delight. And please, 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 if you've never watched this show and you have any affinity for classic uh, classic Western television, like I don't mean like television from the West, but like westerns. Uh, you got to give this show a shot. It's it's just the right touch of weird with a, t- it's a dash of sci-fi, and it is cheesy as all get out. But it's <clears throat> it's so endearingly cheesy. It's not like oh god, this is bad. Like this is really bad. It's it's not like that. It's so intentionally tongue in cheek in the way that it's written and acted. Um, it's just the show is so freaking good. It's so entertaining. It's and really it, charming, and it's a really a uh, a Bruce Campbell show, and that kind of tells you the level of quality and the level of cheese. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's a if you if you can believe it, it is a wholesome Bruce Campbell show. <laughs> so it's like that kind of feeling, but um, very much like something you could watch with your kids. And uh, it's it's a it's a damn delight. Top to bottom. That's <laughs> just fun to watch. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else fascinating in the news? Uh, you were just mentioning something and it reminded me of something else. And then I got sidetracked by that superman thing well there's one more thing that i saw this week that blew my damn mind is uh when crazy ex-girlfriend ended i was like i can't wait to see what this rachel bloom does next and now we know she's making a broadway musical of the nanny oh right what the fuck that's weird (laughs) it's very weird like every bit of this headline blows my mind musical version of the nanny in development with fran drescher and rachel bloom like we who who is clamoring for the nanny to come back why is it a broadway musical what the fuck is going on did i take a whole bunch of mushrooms and just not remember that like this is just bizarre yeah i can't say i have any experience with that show other than seeing it once or twice and being like i'm not listening to a half hour of this no and moving on with my life yeah i mean i know some people love it for some reason i was never one of those people i didn't hate it i didn't watch it religiously i saw it sometimes but you know it was it was one of those pack of like 80 slash 90 sitcoms that was just like my parents were like these are all trash and you really shouldn't watch you, you should really shouldn't bother spending your time with them and here's some better stuff you should watch instead so i just never really got into the nanny and i'm sorry to all the people who are listening were screaming at their there are podcast apps right now that I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I'm sure there are troves of listeners are diehard nanny fans. They're just just mashing the unsubscribe button because of our mutual <clears throat> dislike of uh, the nanny. Yeah, I don't know. This is weird. I mean, it's going to be good <laughs> because Rachel Bloom is an amazing um, writer of song songwriter. <laughs> words are hard (laughs) writer of songs um so i'm sure it'll be good i will not be spending broadway levels of money to go see it at all (laughs) but i wish her broadly broadway levels of of money in terms of income well yeah i I say i say good for her if this is if this is where her passion lies then bless her heart uh what do you think of avenue five is that the space show that we keep seeing commercials for on HBO? Yeah, the Hugh Laurie space show. I don't know. Um, it doesn't look that good to me. Yeah, it really doesn't, which bumps me out because I miss watching a TV show with Hugh Laurie. I really enjoyed House when that show was on. It I was, was like, a good-ass show, man. Yeah, that was, a, that was a, a good show. I was listening to another podcast recently and, and was reminded that Hugh Laurie was also a regular on uh, Blackadder. Which is a hmm. British comedy series that I don't think you have a lot of experience with, but no, I've heard was, of it. But it was really good, and he was really good on it. And I used to be obsessed with Blackadder when I went through my like coming of age British humor phase, <laughs> and it was all Monty Python and Blackadder and Faulty Towers and anything else British that I could get my hands on. <laughs> that was uh, that was what I'm I'm looking for. I I saw something that um uh was it falcon and winter soldiers having some problems oh no i didn't see that at all oh uh, because they were filming in uh i think puerto rico and there's been a bunch of earthquakes yes there so have been earthquakes they've been um i think they had to postpone some things uh like they're shooting i think they're just not shooting there anymore like they had to move somewhere else well damn um, <clears throat> indeed i also saw something about um was it the hawkeye show is uh, reportedly in some sort of hot water, like might be postponed indefinitely. Which... Uh, is that because Jeremy Renner might be kind of a creep? Maybe. I had seen something like that a, a while back, but I don't really have full details in front of me. I don't want to speak out of turn. Yeah. Let's I, say allegedly. Yeah. I, the, the, I think when I did look into it, it was very, it was very much allegedly like, I think it was one of those like Jeremy Renner might just be super weird, but uh, I mean not... Jeremy Renner is super weird. I think yeah. there's <laughs> evidence, all kind of evidence to support that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. We'll see. But hey, there was another big uh, chunk of of news. Uh, the the Oscar noms came out. 
They did. Um, I'm choosing to largely ignore them. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty mad about the Oscars, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm not really feeling it. Uh, I'm one of those people that was so disinterested by Joker that I I just I still haven't brought myself to watch it yet. Um, uh, I mean, it leads the nominations, and if that's the kind of movie, or if if that's the movie that people who are in charge of the Oscars think is the best movie, like clearly our tastes have diverged, and I don't need to have anything to do with the Academy. Yeah, um, I I listened to the uh, I I love listening to Movie Sign with the Mads, which is a it's a podcast with um, uh, Caroline Hidalgo, who's a comedian, and uh, Trace Beaulieu and Frank Conniff from Mystery Science Theater, the uh, the original Mad Scientist from Mystery Well, not the original, it was uh, that was Larry, but regardless, uh, the TV's <laughs> Doctor Forrester and TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater, uh, they have a movie podcast, and I love listening to that show. Um, I fall off from time to time because they tend to talk about a lot of new movies that come out that I have no idea what they are or have any way of seeing them. So I tend to avoid that. But uh, I, whenever there's something I care about, I tend to listen to it. And they did not care for Joker. Well, Carolina liked it. And then uh, the Mads greatly disliked it because it was basically uh, a it was just aping Taxi Driver but not doing it as well. Like it just, it was, it, it, it fails to find its own identity, which was kind of what I was afraid of with this movie. Like first off, you know, the, the, the half of it is that there are people idolizing this character of the, he is definitely on the missed the point, uh, checklist. If you're mm-hmm. idolizing the character, uh, idolizing the Joker. Um, but then there's also just this whole thing where I'm looking at it like, okay, well, I see what this movie is, but I don't want a backstory that makes me give a crap about the Joker. Like, I, I just don't. I have no interest in this. So I like the Joker as a foil to Batman. Like, in my superhero stuff, I don't really want to just see a movie about Joaquin Phoenix going nuts. But hey, people really liked it. So. Yep. Yeah. Go Oscars. It's one of those that if, like, if, uh,. <laughs> If that is, if you're like on a dating app and this is one of the potential guy's favorite movies, like Red Flag. Yeah, Red, 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 Red Flag. But also Frozen 2 didn't get nominated, which I, yeah, I definitely Frozen. saw a lot of people praising the you know them for because there's it's super cool to hate Disney right now. And like, obviously, there's reasons to hate Disney. They're an evil, very, very big, very evil corporation. But they're also make some really good content. And... I don't know. Uh, we saw Frozen 2 twice in theaters, and we're not people who have tons of money to go to take our kids to the movies all the time. Yeah, and, like, it's good. <laughs> it's really good, and it's, like, especially for a sequel, a Disney sequel, like, there's, Disney sequels are no longer what we were used to at when we were kids. That's true. This yeah. is, like... Return of Jafar, this is not. Actual, you know, there was a reason for the story. There, there, there were there were aspects of Frozen Two that were better than Frozen. Agreed. And uh, and in particular, it is gorgeous. It is. It is. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, if what you're awarding is animation in general, like, how do you not nominate this movie? I mean, dead serious. Like, take anything aside. The way that the the visuals match the music, I uh, give. Both time, well, I've seen it three times now because we have a a pirated copy to watch at home. But even the low res pirated copy, the way that the visuals match the music, in many instances, gives me chills every time. It is stunning, and I can't, I, I cannot stress that enough. This movie is unbelievably gorgeous. The facial animations, like the they 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 did things with um the facial animations this that that I'm not used to seeing in uh Disney movies or even Pixar movies is like the 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 lead up to a cry you know like when somebody is is leading up to a happy cry or or just devastated or just the way that they did these sort of ugly cry things to these very intentionally beautiful characters and the way that they pulled those those emotions off was very very effective um I really think that there's a lot uh, that's being overlooked here because it's frozen too, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand the, I don't understand the Academy. So, uh, um, well, I mean, and I, 
I don't I haven't seen the other nominees, so I don't know who's deserving and who's not. Uh but the Oscars is run by a bunch of old white dudes. That is true. Although I will say that a lot of people were very happy that Claus got nominated. Apparently that was very good. Yeah, I think it's Klaus, but Klaus? yeah. Okay, um, sure. A lot of parents that I know were like, oh my God, hey, have your kids watch Klaus. It was great. And I just didn't get around to it. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of garbage around the Oscars. There are there are movies that are recognized in some categories that should be recognized in other categories and aren't in favor of like the same old nominees you've always seen. Like the one headline that I saw was... Um, so do people think that Little Women and Jojo Rabbit just directed themselves? <laughs> because these are movies that were nominated for Best Picture and not uh, for Best Director. And that's uh, Taika Waititi and... Um, I'm not pulling... Oh, uh, Greta Gerwig. Who hmm. So, you know, person of color and a woman. Hmm. Not nominated as directors because whatever. Only maybe included in the best best picture category because there are there's room for more than five in that category i don't mm. know it's a bunch of crap i i said it on twitter i may just tune in to watch the dresses and then turn the goddamn thing off and look at twitter the next day <laughs> it seems like a pretty snazzy idea <laughs> i definitely back that play because i'll be uh you know playing switch and ignoring it completely <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> I don't have that's outside of like seeing what the opening number is. I don't have a ton of interest in seeing it. It's just cause I'm, I'm, it just feels out of touch to me. I'm kind of over most awards at this point. Like I used to be really interested in the Oscars, but they just don't seem to resonate with me anymore. Like they're not talking about the movies that I care about, or I don't get to see as many movies. And heck, even the video game awards were a big can of turds this year so i guess uh i guess award things just aren't my bag of tea so on that positive note let's take ourselves a quick break uh we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna pay some bills and when we come back we're going to talk about watchmen and what we thought of it you're listening to this week's episode from geekade.com stick around Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Mukbang right there. Twitch.tv slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. uh, We got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you, maybe even your house. So, guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly, keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. 
We are back to watch the Watchmen, where we did watch the Watchmen. We watched because all of the Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen? We, we watch the Watchmen. <laughs> so Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> Watchmen. So we talked about the first episode on the podcast a little while back when it first came. We did, and we were uh, very interested by it. But uh, to catch everybody up, Watchmen premiered on October 20th, 2019 on HBO, ran for a nine-episode season. It is a sequel to the Watchmen comic by Alan Moore, released by DC Comics in September of 1986, and very specifically not a sequel to the movie Watchmen by Zack Snyder from 2009. So So Watchmen is a sequel to Watchmen, but not a sequel to Watchmen. (laughs) <laughs> and that sentence is 100% true. I can't, like, the Watchmen movie was only 10 years ago. Yeah, I guess. It feels like, I, I don't so. know. I guess I thought it was longer ago, but then, I don't know. I didn't realize it was 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it was a long time ago. I don't know. I didn't hate that movie. Um, but it is definitely watching this this show is like nope. The Ozymandias' costume is very much the comic book costume, and the squids are very much a part of this show, which were very specifically not a part of the movie. So that's neat. Uh, I freaking loved this show. I thought it was fascinating from start to finish. Uh, but why don't you start us off? What did what are your feelings on Watchmen? <laughs> so I write a. Um blog sort of thing for my local mom's club and I write about TV unsurprisingly and uh, I was had a piece due right after the holidays and I <coughs> was late with it because holidays um, and I was gonna just skip this month because nobody really cares nobody's paying me or anything <laughs> uh, but then we finished watching this show and I had some time the next day and I had to write about it for this thing because the show was so good, it made me mad. <laughs> it was just so good that I was, I was, I don't know what I was mad about, but I was mad. How dare you? I was how mad. How dare you entertain like, me like how this? How dare it be this good? How dare every other show not be this good? Hmm. Basically, I think is that I was mad about. <laughs> it um, just retroactively makes you angry at his dark materials for also being on HBO, but not being this. Well, really, the other show that I was mad at for not being this good was Lost. Oh yeah, because this is a this is this, this is a Damon Lindelof joint. That's right. Yeah, and uh, clearly he was given carte blanche at HBO mm-hmm. and just like. Yes, here you go. Here's this beloved property. Here's as much money as you need and as much time as you need. And you just do whatever the fuck you need to do. And that was clearly not the situation that he was in on ABC at Unlost. Because oh, definitely not. Ha- had it been, Lost might have been as amazing as this show was. And I think that's what made me mad. Yeah, um... um- I almost wonder. I almost wonder because it was you know, him and J.J. Abrams on Lost, and I wonder how much. Because uh, I, I can't think of other things I've seen with him. I definitely can think of other Abrams things, but um, Lindelof things. I'm trying to think of other things that he's done outside of Lost. And uh, I gotta say, like, I kind of wonder how much Abrams was at fault there because he's not spectacular at sticking landings. Um, as much as I liked Rise of Skywalker, which is a lot, uh, there's no getting around the fact that like that could have been a lot better. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, just like the ending of Lost, like that could have went better. <laughs> I mean, Lost, for lack of a better word, got lost, man. It really did. I tried doing a rewatch of that. Uh, I, I mentioned it on the show a few, uh, just a year or two ago. I was trying to do a rewatch of Lost, and season one like totally had me. It was like this show is great. I'm really liking this show. And then by the time season two was over, I'm like, I'm kind of done. Uh, I don't need to do this ever again. I'm really glad I never spent money on those DVDs. Oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> me too. Oh boy, my sister's got those DVDs. Oh Lord. Well, that kind of tells you. Yeah. Everything you need to know. I'm sure she watches them all the time. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Um, and we were talking earlier about his dark materials and how it was disjointed and feels confusing and messes with the pace. 
this is an example of a show that had different um, parts to the story that seemed for most of it to be disconnected from each other. But all of those parts were compelling and kept you interested until such time as they did end up getting all connected together at the end. Yep. Like all that Ozymandias shit was like, well, I don't know what the fuck this has to do with anything else, but it's great. And I can't, that, that's the big difference. All the stuff with Ozymandias is like, this is literally on another planet and I cannot wait to see how it connects to everything else. Whereas this other within his dark materials where it's in the other alternate reality, it's just like, you better start tying this in. You better start making me want to know why this connects to everything else, because right now I don't necessarily care. And that's kind of the big difference. Exactly. Like you said, they have all these threads going on, but none of them, none of them feel less important than the others. And perhaps it's just the overall ambiguous nature of the show of being like, well, I don't know what's going on, but it's neat. So let's see if it all eventually comes together to make some sense. And, uh, it, did for the most part uh, i do also feel like i had a pretty big leg up on a lot of this show because of how familiar i am with the source material because uh <clears throat> i don't know if it was on this show or on stone age gamer i was saying that the the thing about watchmen is that it does not give a shit if you've read the comics or not that is very very like, true you should it, it it makes it very clear if you know if you feel like you're lost because there's a bunch of stuff that happened beforehand that you just don't know what it is like that's the stuff that happened in the comics. And if you don't know that stuff, it's not going to recap it. It's not even going to say, go to your local, local comic store and buy and read Watchmen. It just assumes you've read it. And if you haven't, then, well, fuck off. <laughs> like, this isn't for you. Or deal with it. Use a Wikipedia page or something. I don't know. Uh, which was kind of a bold play. Because I feel like most other shows that would have done something like this would have given some kind of recap. Would have done some sort of damage control off the you know just just right off the cuff like hey this is what you missed this is the world that we're in we're gonna set this up for you and i kind of like this show's ballsiness of not doing that just no this is this, this is a watchmen show if you haven't seen watchmen then why are you watching this why are you here <laughs> and on the but on the flip side of that coin calling it watchmen is extremely disingenuous because it's not Watchmen. This is a sequel to Watchmen. So if you start watching this show thinking that you're picking it up from the beginning because it's just called Watchmen and you know that there is an existing property called Watchmen that you would think this is adapting because it's called Watchmen, you'd be wrong. <laughs> and that's kind of a dick move. I totally feel like this show should have been called something other than just Watchmen. Because it's also not it's also not about that which is it's it's like the aftermath of watchmen because like you know, the watchmen was this group of heroes in the watchmen you know it was here's this group of heroes and this is like there's this is the world after those heroes most of them were decided to be they, they were all crazy and are mostly dead and uh, they've moved on with their lives uh, or are dead and uh, or on another planet or on another planet there's not really a, a superhero squad out there saving the day it's the police and a bunch of people who are dressed like Rorschach or effectively white nationalist terrorists and it's super interesting but yeah the way they took like w present like current 2019 or whatever and worked it into this universe of this story, this complete alternate universe that is like, it's like ours, but it's not like ours. Like, it really freaked me out. <laughs> like, how much this show is like, oh my god, this could totally happen. And then, like, it starts raining squids. Or Robert <laughs> Redford has been president for 30 years. Or yeah. Dr. Manhattan won the Vietnam War. It's like... Wait, none of these things happened, but this show still seems like it could totally happen. How the fuck do they do that? It's, it's some damn good TV making. I'll tell you that for free. And uh, everybody in it was amazing, too. Oh, yeah. The the, the whole cast, very, very well put together. Jeez, um, uh, I, I loved Jeremy Irons' old crotchety Ozymandias. I loved... Um, Whatever that woman was who played a uh, grown-up, uh, not grown-up, but old Silk Spectre, was just 
wonderful. I really liked that because uh, I didn't expect her that to bring her back. I just kind of assumed that she'd be completely out of everything after the effed up life that she lived. But uh, the fact that she joined the was she was fbi was that what she was or i think so yes because when she bugged the plant and he got all upset she was like we're the fbi we bug things that's right yeah i loved that i loved that that was um where that character went i was kind of bummed that it seemed night owl was dead uh because i liked night owl and uh I don't know the the whole thing with uh, <laughs> the whole thing everything they were everywhere they went with dr manhattan was just like Yeesh. Uh, and I hope it's over. I hope that's the end of it. Yeah, it does seem pretty, like, well... I mean, they did. there was not a single loose end left untied. Not a single one. There was one, and it was the cliffhanger ending. But it was one of those, like, we're leaving the end of this open to interpretation to the audience more than, like, we're just not going to tell you what happened, or we forgot, or we're just, you know ran out of time mm-hmm. like that was an intentional thing and it was like you know storytelling thing rather than anything else yeah um I, I i really liked that as well i liked that it was um left it open to uh not even open to interpretation like it wasn't it's just open to what do you think happened not like how do you interpret this scene or like it's more of well what do you think happened next and mm-hmm. i i really love that and i don't think there needs to be more story told here i think that is exactly as far as it needs to go and um yeah um another thing they did really well is the episode where they um told the backstory of uh angela and dr manhattan and how they met and fell in love their whole relationship the way that it was told like in different time like flashing backward and forward through time and how that paralleled how Dr. Manhattan experience, experiences time uh-huh. was just like, the way we're telling this story is the way this character is experiencing these events. It's like, it just fucking blew my mind. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of incredibly done. Yeah, and it's so hard to do well because it's so confusing if you like get any step of it wrong. And the also, I also have to say that the the bad guys got for the most part the punishment that they deserved. Holy which shit! Was that great. smug asshole senator or whoever he was who <laughs> ended up liquefied. being in charge of the bad guys and like I was like I really hope this guy dies spectacularly and then he did. Yeah, that was very extremely gratifying. So yeah, it was. It All was of it was cathartic. Very was, gratifying, cathartic. Yeah, good good violence nice and creepy and uh it's it was just pitch perfect loved loved this show and uh <laughs> it, it sometimes saddens me that uh, my uh one of my favorite uh musical artists from my youth trent reznor has seemed to just have gone full-time into scoring tv and movies because like he's still doing the same kind of music but now he's just doing it in a different medium but holy God, if there was a, a better, more perfect project for his style than this, huh. yeah. I don't know what it was. Every note of his his score for the show was freaking perfect. I agree. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't much about this show that I was not totally happy with. So gets uh, get some big fat thumbs up for me. I'd say. Yeah. Um. The only thing I'd say is if you're gonna watch the show, watch it. Like, don't. While you're doing the dishes, while you're, you know, you know, have it on in the background, it's watch the show. You have to pay attention or you're not going to get it because the show doesn't care if you get it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This was um something you need to pay attention. This is not background television. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. Yeah. Who watches The Watchmen? Everybody, everybody yeah. should watch Watchmen. More like this, please, HBO. Keep keep up the good work. His Dark Materials may not be a grand slam like Watchmen was, but it's still pretty darn good. You've done a good job of following up uh, the unfortunateness that was the the end of Game of Thrones. So yeah, keep up the good work, HBO. It seems to be holding its own in this 
never-ending streaming service war thing that we seem to be in the middle of. Indeed. And I feel like we're in a good place because, uh, you know, we we signed up for a month of HBO. We watched all of Watchmen. We're two episodes away from His Dark Materials. And then when that's over, we're just going to cancel, cancel that. Cancel the fuck out of it. And move on to the next thing. Like, I might do that for um, uh, CBS All Access to watch Picard. Like, I, I think that's a pretty good, uh, good method. Just do a month and then cancel it works for me <laughs> binge, no, yeah. binge hopping through streaming services yeah I, I think I, I recommended that for dickinson too when i wrote it up for this other blog i i recommended just get apple tv plus for a month watch all of this show and then cancel it it's yeah. worth it it's whatever five bucks yeah because like i'm not really doing much of anything on disney plus now that mandalorian's over but i will be when the marvel shows are on but when they're not or when I'm done watching them, I'm not really going to need that besides having access to kids movies from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, uh, you know, Netflix is still pulling its weight. There's still enough consistent, good content on Netflix. So we're there, but I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say like, yeah, you get my 12 bucks for this month. I'm not signing. I'm not signing no contract for like 13 years or anything like that, but I'll give you a month, watch the show I want and then move on. And then I'll be back when that show comes back. I wonder whether that's going to um, be a new, like, you know, now that everything has its own streaming service, like, it's just as much, just as expensive and just as much of a pain in the ass and not, not as much of a value as cable traditionally was. But I wonder if the response of people just being like, I'm just going to get it while the show is on or when this show comes out and then cancel it, if that's going to have them change tactics. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But either way, in the meantime, it's a it is we're effectively living in that a la carte future that I wanted, you know, it's not it's not ideal, but it's it's, it's not because it's such a pain in the ass to do all that. But it, thinking about it from I was thinking about it from the perspective of like, well, how much does it cost to buy a season of television? You know, it's yeah, you know, 20 to 40 dollars, depending on what show you're looking at. Whereas this is like 15 bucks and I get to watch it because how many times am I really going to rewatch something? You know, especially this day and age, like I don't have time to go back and remarathon a bunch of shows unless I'm watching them at work. And uh, that's kind of a different animal because uh, there's so few things that, that I'm going to really actually want to do that with. Um, so there's definitely still a market for buying television but most of the new shows that are on like i want to see them so i can see them and then i'll see the next thing and being able to catch a full season for the low low price of you know 12 to 15 bucks for a, a month of tv that that's not so bad it just Things becomes are, yeah. a problem if every streaming service has something you want to see in a particular month yeah and then it's just a matter of like well let's just what do you uh, want to see the most yeah and then just put them in order because it's not like that stuff's going away it's just all right well yeah. what, what do we want to do first it's and, just some ex advanced calculus of yeah tv watching it does definitely <laughs> require a lot more thought so well uh, i think that's gonna call it so that's our show join us next time when evan should be back and we can talk about primal <laughs> yeah when neither of us will have a quote yeah. You want my impression of Primal? That was it. You can get in touch with us at MalikGeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. And Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, uh, for all it's worth, is available at Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts are sold or just listen to. And if you're super nice, leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on Geekade.com for even more fresh original content. Uh, shameless plugs, Karen, what have you got for us? Um, you can always check out my stitching, uh, check out my Etsy shop. It's shoot the moon stitches on Etsy. And, uh, I have, uh, weekly recaps of the current series of Dr. Who going up, uh, every Tuesday on uh, geekade.com. 
Indeed. That's time and relative dimension in spoilers. Ha! We're so clever. Uh, on the me side of things, you can catch me listen. To, you can listen to me talk about video games on the Stone Age Gamer podcast uh, every Friday on geekade.com. You can listen to me talk about video game music on uh, the Waveback Music podcast, which happens twice a month on Mondays on geekade.com. Uh, and you can also catch my writing on StoneAgeGamer.com and occasionally in Nintendo Force Magazine. Uh, and if you really want to dive down the rabbit hole of insane video game music, jump over to YouTube and check out Waveback Overplay, where I do funny things with video game music. And that's all we've got. So uh, we'll be back again uh, next week for Primal, which uh, I enjoyed to an extent. Uh, so we'll find out what everybody else thought of it in uh, seven days from now. So thank you very much for listening. On behalf of Karen and myself... Keep watching TV. And this concludes our broadcast day.